What is up? Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here because I know that your schedule is busy. I know you have a lot on your plate. So it means a lot to me that you tune in so that we can chat about things that we care about and we can learn more and grow together. I really take into thought things you ask me. I've asked online multiple times things you want me to cover. I've had people give me a different opinion than something I shared. And I spend a lot of time researching for the podcast. But one of my favorite things before I cover topics I think are helpful is covering topics you think are helpful. So I always ask every couple months on my social media handle, I realized also there's a lot of people on the podcast who don't follow me on social media. You found me through podcasts. My podcast handle is deliciously fit, the letter N, healthy. So it's deliciously fit and healthy. And I share a ton of information on there as well. And on my stories a little while ago, I asked, what do you want me to cover? And another question that was brought up, and I've talked about asking this question often, is people were curious about postpartum bloating and gas and bloating with diastasis recti and why it's happening. Now, this is a really great question because while it is common, it doesn't mean that it's normal. And that's something we get confused with in our society. Like, oh yeah, I pee my pants after I had kids. Yeah, that's totally normal. No. It's not normal. It's common. It happens to a lot of women. You shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be embarrassed. But it doesn't make it normal. We can improve that. We can stop that. And that's kind of what I want to talk about. And that's what I spend a lot of things trying to explain. While a lot of things in women's health are common, they don't have to be normal for us. And often understanding the background, understanding why it's happening, and understanding what we can do about it can be very helpful. So today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about gas and bloating. Two things that everyone's like, oh, no, 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 we don't talk about that in public. We are going to break it down today and get nitty gritty with the details of it. And I'm going to explain why it's common after you have a baby and what's going on. And as always, if this episode is helpful for you, I know you're probably not going to want to share it because we're talking about gas and bloating, but I would love if you do. It's really important. So please share it on your social media, share it with your friends, or I would really appreciate if you would write a review wherever you listen. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on all different sites if you look up Make It Simple. And most of the time you can leave a review, which helps the podcast grow or even a written review. Today's written review is from Katie Moore. So it's actually K-A-T-J-E-M-O-R. And she said, I listen to Andrea every Thursday morning while running. She seriously gives you so much to think about and puts things into perspective. Every single episode is so good. The episodes on hormones, on sleep are life-changing for me. I love the food shaming episode and think everyone should listen to them. I love that she makes things simple, is so well-balanced, easy to relate to as a mom of girl gang myself. Thank you, Katie with a J in the middle of it. That means a lot to me. I love when you leave reviews. So please, anyone, feel free to do that as it does help the podcast grow. Today's show sponsor is Hydro Jug. I love them. I've talked about them multiple times. You know I'm a big believer in water. I'm even going to talk about water in this episode. And the biggest struggle people have is they leave their house with this tiny water bottle or they're running errands or whatever's going on, they're busy with their kids and they have no idea how much water they've had during the day because they aren't prepared. It's why I love the Hydro Jug. It is again, H-Y-D-R-O-J-U-G. And it holds a half a gallon of water. It's easy to refill. I've never had mine leak. It has this seal-proof leak 
thing on it so it doesn't leak on my clothes or anywhere. It has a super wide opening so it's so easy to put in water quickly. I hate when I have a big water bottle and I feel like I'm <laughs> trying to like get water in really slowly with like a little stream. And so it's nice to just pour a big cup of water in there. It's easy to add ice in, chunks of fruit. It just makes it really easy. There's tons of different kinds. I have a straw and a little thermos case to carry it in so I can swing it around my shoulder as well and I don't have to have it in my hand so I'm hands-free with my kids and it's BPA free so it's a really great product I have one my husband has one if we both fill our jugs and then we're out and about for the whole day that's like over a hundred ounces of water between the two jugs if he's carrying one and I'm carrying one so the code is simple 10 again that's simple 10 so you get 10% off any of their products and if you really are trying to make some goals for the new year drinking water if you do not drink enough water should be one of them it is really important so hydro jug simple 10 and you'll get 10% off anything my name's Andrea Allen and I am a mother of four girls under seven a wifey to a mountain man a personal trainer and a nutrition coach I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here and I hope you stay a while. All right, so I do have a past episode about bloating, and you can look back at that episode, but that is more referring to when we overdo it at a meal and we eat too much, something like that, and what to do. Today's episode is more referring to when we have recently had a baby. Now, postpartum is very relative. At the end of the day, when you've had a baby, you're postpartum forever. I had a baby three years ago. I'm still postpartum. You could have a baby 20 years ago. You still mean you're postpartum. It means you've had a child. So it is a big window, but what I'm talking about typically is within the first year, sometimes even a few years after, because I am going to discuss diastasis bloating, which that can happen at any point, and it does increase. So stay tuned even if you're like, oh, I'm not recently postpartum because there is still going to be information in here that is going to help you maybe relate to some of the things you're experiencing and realizing, again, while it's common, it doesn't have to be normal. So bloating really is just a distension of your stomach, of your abdomen, that is typically firm or rock hard, and you just can't grasp it. When I get bloated, often I will look like I'm pregnant again. Even if you have a layer of fat on top, that's fine, but you could still feel fully pushed out, almost like a balloon was blown up inside of your belly, and so it's expanding. Typically, after you have a kid or if you have, you know, been pregnant and you're postpartum now, hormonal fluctuations are normal and they are a major cause of bloating and gas, you know, recently when you are postpartum. This is caused by the fact that your body is trying to adjust from being pregnant to now nursing and then your hormones going crazy and your digestive system is like wait what's going on she was pregnant now there's another person we're feeding now her hormones are all over the place and her pelvic floor is weak and her belly's weak and it's hard for your digestive system which is held within your core you know the middle of your body to catch up and to adjust during that period so experiencing gas and bloating 
is common. And that is actually normal because your body is adjusting with everything that's going on. Typically, as I mentioned, the fact that your hormones are adjusting, another factor is you're sleeping less, there's more stress. It also is affected by your food intake. Sometimes during pregnancy, we don't have a super healthy food intake. And then after we have the baby, we're like, I'm going to get healthy. And we start eating cleaner and our body's trying to adjust to more fruits and vegetables or things like that. So your food can even adjust. Even if you have a baby who's sensitive, you know, when we have to take out certain things like dairy or if you're sensitive to other foods, it all kind of plays a factor. And because there are so many factors flying around, it's just very common to experience the gas and bloating. Besides those factors, you also have to remember that your belly was expanding for 10 months. It was just getting bigger and bigger. You have hormones like relaxin, who the job was to literally say, relax ligaments, relax connective tissue, just kind of loosen up so we can grow this belly, fit this baby in. And so you literally have hormones in your body telling you, relax, relax the tissues, relax the ligaments, make space. So that's one factor. And then secondly, you've basically had a small turkey sitting on your pelvic floor for a while. So your pelvic floor is a little tired. (laughs) It's a little weak. It's a little worn out. So the combination between all those things I mentioned is like the perfect storm for bloating and gas. Now, while this should improve over time, I remember after I had my twins... (laughs) I literally had like no control over my systems. Like I was like always bloated, always, you know, passing gas. I felt like a hot mess, but it did improve over time. And that is normal because as I mentioned, your body is adjusting. But commonly, if someone does develop diastasis recti, they will still experience some of those symptoms months and even years later. Because what's happening with DR, and I'm just going to call it DR for short, if you don't know what that is, if you don't know what diastasis recti is, please go to my Instagram handle. I have a ton of stuff on it that's solid information. It's really important. I would say you could Google, but there's some junk online. So that's a little tricky, but I'm going to explain what it is, is it's when you get pregnant and your right ab and your left ab separate to make room for the baby. Now, your stomach has to expand to make room for the baby. And also, side note, actually children and even men can have diastasis recti, especially if there's rapid weight gain or sensitivities to food where their stomach's always bloating, because it's basically caused by pressure within the stomach. So when you're having a baby, there's constant pressure on those ab muscles. And what happens is the right ab and the left ab separate and the linea alba, which runs down the center of the core, stretches. And then we have the hormones telling our body to stretch. So it's like, okay, sure. Okay. Right ab, left ab. See you later. (laughs) We're going to stretch out. And so when that happens during DR, the abdominal wall is weak. Imagine like Um, Play-Doh or like slime. If it's all bunched together, it's thick. But when you start to pull it apart, it becomes thin. Like, you know how it can like start to tear in the middle. Like if you were stretching out slime or Play-Doh or even gum. Like if someone, if a little kid was playing with gum, because I hope you don't play with your gum, but you know, when you were little, you did, don't lie. So if you're stretching that out, it starts to get thin. And then you could even like blow air and it would like break it apart. It's really simple. So your abdominal wall is just like that. It starts to stretch and get thin. And then it's not very good at holding in 
our insides and supporting our core like a core set, like it should. It should be nice and tight and braced. Not necessarily tight like rock hard, but like your body should be braced firmly with your abdominal wall. And when you have diastasis recti, that doesn't happen. Plus, any sensitivities to food you have or hormonal shifts that you have can cause that bloating. So what happens is your stomach is already weak because your stomach is stretched. You haven't retrained it to come back together properly, which is what I teach constantly, but you haven't retrained it to do that. So anytime you eat something you're slightly sensitive to, maybe it's that time of the month, maybe your hormones are adjusting, maybe you're stressed and it's creating you know, pressure on your stomach, poof, out comes your bloated belly. It just puffs right up. And it's so common because the wall, the abdominal wall is weak to support the core. That is why you get more bloated when you have diastasis recti. It's just more common. Also, if you're thinking about, is that me? Is that my issue? Like, am I like getting bloated on a regular day? Something you can think about and even test for yourself because I know for me when I realized that I had DR, I would wake up in the morning and my stomach would be okay. And by the end of the day, I was like a straight puffer fish. I remember my husband saying to me, I feel like your insides are pushing on your stomach, like they're going to fall out. And they were. They were because my abdominal wall wasn't doing its job. And by the end of the day, I had this belly. Now, some people, depending on their space, they may wake up and always have it. It can just vary. So there's not one size fits all. Some people notice it more by the end of the day. Some people all day. It just really does vary. So don't compare. But something to think about, like if you're wondering, is this me? You could track your stomach for a couple days. See what's going on. Take note of your belly size at the beginning of the day. You could even measure it if you're curious. And then at the end of the day, if it is always much bigger by the end of the day, typically bloating causes a stomach to extend, then it would be larger by the end. And you might be like, hmm, I have a problem with bloating. So either A, my abdominal wall could be weak. B, I could be eating something that is causing inflammation and I should probably do a gut health test. And those are the two common ones. Or C, maybe I'm having a hormonal shift. Maybe something's going on that's causing some problems for me to be bloated. I've experienced all three. I've talked before about how I took a Viome test. That is V-I-O-M-E, if you ever want to take one, that checked my gut health. And I was sensitive to um, a handful of vegetables. And I realized every time I was, after I was eating them, I would turned into a giant circle. And I looked seven months pregnant. And it was from vegetables. So being aware of that's important. If you're not sensitive to foods and you're like, no, this is just happening almost after I eat anything, then maybe you should be checking for DR because maybe you just have a really weak abdominal wall. And even if you don't, have diastasis, you may still have a weak abdominal wall. You may not have that gap, but if your inner core, your transverse abdominals are not doing their job, it's still going to cause some problems. So the number one thing you can do if that's your situation and it's linked to that weak abdominal wall and you have diastasis, you're going to want to learn to breathe properly. It is really important. You need to use your inner core. It is going to change everything, and you need to make sure you are inviting your pelvic floor to the party. I know I'm like a broken record on this, but I have literally seen it change my own life. I have seen it change hundreds of women's lives, and I'm like, it's actually a simple thing that we could all work on, and it's not even stressful. You could literally do it by watching a show while, you know, making dinner. Like, you could just work on connecting everything and breathing properly with a diaphragm breath. 
The reason this matters is because oftentimes when I tell people to work on their inner core, they start working on inner core exercises and they will just work their abs and not invite the pelvic floor to the party. Now, the problem with this is, yes, our abs get a little bit stronger, but instead of that pressure pushing out on our belly, it starts pushing down on that weak pelvic floor that's not invited to the party. So then all of a sudden, we're going to have more leakage. And that's a common question I get asked. I've started to work on my inner core, but now I'm peeing my pants more. And the problem is that means your pelvic floor needs to be focused on alone first. You need to strengthen the pelvic floor, learn to connect to it, learn to close and lift it, and learn to fully relax it. It's not just about lifting it. Oftentimes, people focus so much on lifting it that they don't realize the relax is just as important because that's how you can develop a tight pelvic floor, and you don't want a tight pelvic floor. That's important. I know people are like, ooh, tight pelvic floor. That'd be good for sex. It's not. It actually makes sex painful. So trust me, you don't want that. You want a pelvic floor that is fluid, that can move with your motion, that is not weak or not too tight. Hypertonic, hypotonic, both of them are no good. It's really important. So if you are starting to work on inner core exercises, make sure you connect to your pelvic floor first and then add the layers of wrapping in the transverse abs and movements. Now I know you might be thinking, what? I don't even know where to start with this stuff. A, you can go to my Instagram page. There are tons of videos of me doing core work. I actually never show traditional core work. All the core work I show is DR friendly or I give modifications to make it DR friendly. In all of my strength training videos, I also cue the core. I will always say at this point in the strength move, you lift your pelvic floor, you exhale, you draw your transverse abdominals in. I will make sure to always cue it for you. Also, you could listen to episode 15, which is understanding and fixing the mama pooch, and episode 54, which is facts and myths about your core after kids. But my Instagram handle, again, it's deliciously fit and healthy, is going to be really helpful. Or I do have a DR guide, which walks you through step by step, teaching you how to connect to your inner core and how to breathe properly and then puts the healing movements in order. You have layers there. You can go from all the way to free to if you're like, I don't want to do a free Instagram ideas to a paid. So I'm not trying to tell you what to do. You have layers where you can pick what works for you. But learning to breathe with your diaphragm, Learning to connect your diaphragm to your inner core is going to help improve your core's ability to strengthen and wrap in properly, which is going to reduce your bloating because your abdominal wall will be better at doing its job. Instead of creating pressure that pushes out on the belly or down on the floor, it will learn to wrap in better like a corset. So that is the number one thing you can do if you experience bloating with DR. I am going to get into a couple more things about bloating with DR, but it's kind of the same responses as bloating with postpartum, which I'm going to kind of talk about now. All right, so let's get into postpartum bloating because we've kind of covered DR. Let's talk about postpartum and if that's common and the gas that comes along with it. And truthfully, the gas can also come along with the pelvic floor issues because the pelvic floor is weak, which we're going to talk about. Don't worry. So typically with postpartum bloating, it is due to some form of constipation by temporary factors, by fluctuation, by rebalancing of your hormones, as we talked about. Even medications like the pain relievers can cause it, changes in diet, changes in movement habits. Like we don't move very much when we're postpartum, which we're not supposed to. You're supposed to rest and let your body recover. But if you're used to moving, that can be tricky for your body as well. For example, I walk a lot. 
I walk when I answer emails. My clients know I use talk to text. Sometimes Siri fails me and sends them things they're not supposed to get. (laughs) But I walk a lot. So if I got pregnant again and I had a baby, I wouldn't be walking as much, which would be a change in my movements and could create some more, you know, constipation or bloating or gas. Also, as I mentioned, the lack of sleep and the stress for caring for another human all can create more constipation and stress, which creates bloating and gas. In addition to this, if you are a mama who had a C-section, you often feel more bloated because of that medication, because of general swelling, you know, you're kind of puffy down there for a while, and because of lack of mobility after the surgery. A C-section mama is definitely more limited after they have the baby for longer. They aren't able to ease back into some of the strength training as fast. And that's okay. And that's normal. And there's no reason to feel bad about it. Because in the moment, I know you might feel like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. I promise you, in the big scheme of things, it's a blip. I can say that after I have my babies, I feel like it takes forever for me to feel like myself again. And when I'm further removed from the whole situation, I'm like, it wasn't that bad. It's just the combination of the stress and the lack of sleep and my body not feeling like mine. All of it together was just the perfect storm. So don't feel bad about that if it's taking you longer to get moving after you have a baby, especially a C-section baby. I want you to know that it is common to experience constipation for up to three months after giving birth, especially after C-section. So it is really important to give yourself time at least a couple months to just level out and let things kind of settle down. While postpartum gas is common, as we talked about, it does usually go away on its own as your body kind of heals. If it doesn't go away, if you're months and months out and you still are having a lot of bloating, a lot of gas especially, it might be a sign that there is a pelvic injury or an underlying health condition that you should actually get looked at. I think a lot of times as women, we're really good at ignoring our own needs. We're really good at saying, oh, I just don't have time to take care of that. Oh, it's just gas. It's no big deal. Oh, I just pee my pants. It's no big deal. But yet our kids will like sneeze and we're like, that's it. We're going to the doctor. (laughs) We are so bad at taking care of ourselves. And the truth is, if you don't feel good, You are not going to be as functional as a mom. So if you are having issues with some of these still, it might be worth seeing a pelvic floor specialist. I think it's really important. Often pregnancy and giving birth stretches and it can injure the muscles and the nerves in the pelvic floor. So this can reduce the control of a person to stop passing gas. Like it just comes out and you have no control. The back of the pelvic floor also controls your number twos. So if your pelvic floor is injured and you have a lot of gas and you're struggling with number twos, that may be common sometimes, but it's not normal and you can get it fixed. And that's really, really important. So if you are noticing that for an extended period of time, I encourage you with every fiber in my body to go and see a women's physical therapist. I am a personal trainer. In another life... (laughs) I would have my license to be a physical therapist for women because I think that they are amazing. I think that they are so needed and people just skip over that part. And I think it will make your life so much better. So I encourage you more than anything, even if you go just once, even if you have insurance that won't pay for it, go once, save for it once. I promise you it will be worth it because your health is very important. The way you feel 
now matters because it will help you feel better when you're 50, 60, 70. It doesn't matter how old you are. But if you don't take care of a problem you're having in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, it's not going to go away on its own. So seeing a PT could be very helpful, especially if the gas is sticking around and you're having uncontrolled number twos, or even you're just having the issues with the leakage and you've already kind of worked on your pelvic floor, it's worth seeing if there's a real injury there. And to also cover another part of something that can happen after you have a baby, some women have to have episiotomies. And I would make sure that you know this. Um, I remember my doctor told me how many stitches I got. He told me if I tore, he told me some of those things. So make sure that you know this. But an episiotomy is when you undergo a minor surgical procedure, which basically when you're giving birth, the doctor basically cuts between the vagina opening and the anus to prevent tearing. There are lots of different reasons they do this. Sometimes it's the size of the baby, the ability to push. There's lots of different reasons, but they basically cut that. Now, this should heal. It can make healing harder because it's, a, it's you know, a slit between your vagina and your anal hole, but it should heal. But if you are having a weakening of the pelvic floor, if you're having these symptoms of anal incontinence, if you're always passing gas, if it's been months and months, it's another sign that you need to go and see a women's PT and have them assess the situation. I know that that might seem weird and we're so used to OBs and you could go see an OB. I don't know what's in your area, but for me, I went and saw a women's PT after my my last two babies and between after my twins. And I feel like OBs are fantastic at delivering the baby. But if you're trying to rehab your body, you do need that women's PT. So I wouldn't go in and see one of them. I know for me, I developed a tighter pelvic floor after Easton. And it was useful to have someone literally explain, give me stretches, go in there and actually massage out the muscle. I know for some people, they think that's crazy, but it's like, no, if your neck was tight and it was scrunched up and you had a physical and you had a massage therapist, sorry, massage it out, it would make your neck feel better. And so it's the same thing. So it's worth having someone look at it, talk about it, talk about your symptoms and all of those things. It's important. So besides seeing a physical therapist that we've talked about, and I suggest, you know, physiotherapist, women's therapist, you can do a couple things on your own. I know that I already talked about breathing, which is obviously a really big one. And I know that I already talked about the inner core exercises, which is another really big one. Those are things that are going to strengthen your abdominal wall, which are going to help with your bloat. Now, another thing is you need to pay attention to your diet. What is causing the bloating? I explained for me, I noticed it was vegetables. You can get a gut biome test. There's lots of different tests. You can even go to Target and they have some tests. I can't verify those, but I know that there are options out there with different amounts of money that you can spend to find out more about what is bugging you. If you're like, I don't have any money, that's okay. Just track what you're eating and when you're getting bloated and think about, okay, well, I noticed I got bloated every time after I ate eggs or every time after I ate gluten or dairy or whatever it was, you know, an apple, anything. There's lots of different things that can affect people differently. Maybe cut that out and see if it also helps reduce your bloating. Because the simple fact is, even if we strengthen our inner core and we're making our abdominal wall stronger, if we are constantly eating things that are making our stomach puff up, it's like counterintuitive. It's literally irritating a problem we're trying to fix. This is the same idea as when someone has DR and they say to me, I want to heal my diastasis, but I want to continue doing my boot camp that has traditional core work in it, like crunches and things like that. Can I do that? And I'm like, 
Mm, you can, but it's literally like straddling a fence. You're trying to heal it, but you're also doing things that are constantly irritating it. And that is pointless because then we're going to stay on that fence and not understand why we're not seeing changes. So if you are trying to heal your inner core and trying to see improvements, you might want to look at your diet and what is causing the bloating and even look at your sleep and your stress and even get your hormones checked to see what is possibly causing the bloating because it is counterintuitive if we're doing inner core exercises, but other factors in our life are constantly causing that intra-abdominal pressure, that push out of the stomach. Another simple thing you can look into is a magnesium supplement. I know I talked about magnesium last week. It's a really good supplement, to be honest. So magnesium can actually help alleviate bloating when it's related to constipation. So as I mentioned last week, there's lots of different types of magnesium. So you're going to need to find the right one that helps with constipation. But it can help draw the water into the bowel and soften your stools, making them easier to pass. So oftentimes why we get constipated is because the stool is so dry and so it won't come out. So Sometimes people take a stool softener. There's other things you can do, but honestly, a magnesium helps put the water in the stool to help it pass easier. So that's a really easy thing. You can find one at most health food stores, online. There's a lot of different places, but it's a great supplement. And as I mentioned last week, there's forms of magnesium that help with anxiety. So that is like a win-win. The next thing I would suggest to try to decrease that bloating and gas is a probiotic or a digestive enzyme. These are things that I actually always take after I have a baby because I know my pelvic floor is weak. I know my hormones are off. I know that basically anything I eat can make me puff up. And so I'm trying to give my digestive system a little boost to help it digest foods better. I actually also suggest these often to my clients when they say, I'm having bloating, I'm having, you know, some constipation. I will say, A, let's check what foods are causing it. And B, let's add a solid probiotic and a solid digestive enzyme. I will link a handful in the show notes. I'm not going to talk about any individual brand because I'm not here to necessarily promote a brand for you. I'm here to get you to get ideas to help your situation. So while I do have a discount code for the MRM one because I love their products, I love their protein powder, I love their um, vitamin C supplement they have, I have done their digestive enzyme and I really like it. But there are a handful of other ones that I have tried from other people. There's one on Amazon that I will link and just from a friend. And I've loved them. I have thought they're very helpful. So I will link a handful of options in the show notes. If you're wondering where the show notes are, you just go back to the episode and basically swipe up and they're below that episode. And I'll put links in there for those exact products. But a solid probiotic and digestive enzyme. Now, you can go to your health food store and find one. You can ask your own friends. You may already have one. So start taking it regularly because if it can help you digest your food better, guess what? Less bloating. Guess what? Less gas. Guess what? Less stress on your abdominal wall and your pelvic floor. Win-win, baby. Woo! Okay. No more yelling. I'm in my closet. I'm going to wake up my toddler. She's sleeping on my bed and I snuck in here to record an episode. (laughs) Okay. My last two suggestions are, you know, I'm going to say it, drinking water. It helps you digest food. They say that if you drink 
I think it's 64 ounces of water, you digest food 15% faster because it helps the food go through your digestive system faster. So drink your water. It's why I had Hydro Jug sponsor me because I was like, water is king. It helps so many different things. Also, regular exercise. Honestly, exercise is a catch-all. And especially if you're having digestive issues, yoga, like certain yoga poses actually help improve your digestion. Like the triangle pose Who knew? But it actually really does improve the digestion and it can help benefit people who are having that postpartum gas as well, which is so awesome because those are easy, natural things that we can do in the privacy of our own home and not have to worry about it. I remember when I first was going after the twins, I would try, I like did a yoga class at the gym and I was like, oh, I'm never coming back here again because my system was not ready for that. So I went back to yoga at home and I was fine and I noticed a change and I noticed I was able to brace my core better and it was all part of the learning process, which is real. So that's really important. I know that gas and bloating after you've had a baby and especially if you have diastasis are really common, but they don't have to be normal for you. You can do things. I hope that this episode was helpful in teaching you that. I hope that you realize if you are having those issues and they're sticking around for months and months to go see a doctor. I hope that you take time to look at your diet, to think about your breathing, to think about strengthening your inner core, and to think about some of those supplements I suggested. I do swear by them. I've seen them help myself. I've had issues with digestion. I've had issues with bloating. A lot of things I talk about when I see other people ask questions, I'm like, we, a lot of us have these issues, but we're so embarrassed to ask them because they're like kind of embarrassing to be like, yeah, I pass gas a lot. Like, that's awkward. (laughs) But I want you to know here, like, girl. I see you. It's happened to me too, but it doesn't have to be that way forever. So think about some of these easy suggestions that you can add in right away. And then think about maybe seeing a PT if it sticks around and know that you're not alone. Women, this is common after you have a baby, but we can still improve it and it doesn't have to stick around. If this episode was helpful, again, as you know, share it. I want you to know that I love you. I mean it. And you are always doing better than you think you are. All right. We'll chat next week. 